You don't know what you have until it's gone. Through loss, I, Kimberly, host of Self Love Sister Podcast, am learning to live. From the age of eight, I suffered from multiple autoimmune diseases which took my capacity to walk and even to speak. As these abilities gradually returned, I found a deep gratitude for this delicate and wonderful life. The fact that I may suffer a relapse at any time pushes me to appreciate all the more the wonder of living here and now. Through sharing my experiences and through interviewing others, I invite listeners to experience their own gratitude for life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Love Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly, and today I'm joined with Alejandra. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am from Los Angeles, California. I am 28 years old. I got diagnosed with scleroderma 10 years ago when I was 18, about to turn 19. So I was like, happy birthday, you have scleroderma. <laughs> I'm married, which is really awkward when you have scleroderma, I guess, and you're young. I'm also a support group leader. I have two groups now, which is crazy. I just love learning everything about scleroderma, especially in your young 20s. As you know, I am 24, but I've been dealing with scleroderma for my whole life, and I've just started going into dating. I'm barely dabbling into it just because I'll be 25 in like two weeks. I don't know. I'm really happy with myself, and I love doing this. So I love raising awareness to scleroderma because I know not a lot of people have it. Yeah, I know. I love I love everything you do. I see everything you do. I get excited every time I see your TikToks and your podcasts and everything. Um, yes, you need to date. I told you that last time. We need to find you a great man. I know they're out there. Um, I have a wonderful husband, and I know you can find one. 
Um, it can take some time and, yeah. you know, maybe some wrong ones will come in the beginning, but you will find the right man that will be there for you and understand everything you're going through because it's not easy. You know, having someone else aside from your family that understands you and accepts you, I, I just think it's unbelievable. It me. is. It, it actually is because you have that unconditional love from your family that you know will always be there for you. But then you have a person that's not your blood, that's not related to you, wanting to be there, helping you, understanding you, um, pushing you, motivating you to do whatever you want to do in life. It feels amazing. And it really helps you, you know, because you have that person that, I mean, there's certain things I don't tell, like, for example, my mom, because I don't want to worry her. You know, it's, she knows, she worries a lot, you know, and, but I have that person sleeping with me, understanding me, what I'm going through, it's amazing. And I can't wait for you to find that. I know, maybe eventually. (laughs) Come when it comes. I started dating my husband when I was 18. Uh I would have never imagined that I'm at 18, I was going to start dating a man that will eventually become my husband, you know, never planned it. It just happened. So it would just happen. Just, you know, let it flow and time will tell. Did you start dating him when you were recently diagnosed or you haven't been diagnosed yet? No. Yes. So we started dating on Christmas day, 2011. Sorry. Um, We started dating and then I got diagnosed March, 2012. So we were three months in and I already had symptoms of scleroderma, but I had no idea that I had scleroderma. Um, So those first three months of dating, like going out were really hard for me. And I wouldn't understand why I was having some difficulties, but I was just like, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm getting to know this person or starting to date, like I'm going to do everything I can, you know, mm-hmm. to work it out. Um, and then I got diagnosed in March. My, the first person that knew was my mom because it was actually with me that day. And my first phone call was him. Aww. It was like, hey, I, I, they just told me I had scleroderma. I have no idea what to do. I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. And he said, you know what? It's gonna be okay. We'll find, we'll find a way. Everything is fine. Me scared was like, it's not gonna work out between me and you, you know, because I was like, what's gonna happen? Like, I don't know. It's everything's going to change. He said, you know what? We'll find a way. We're gonna make it and. We'll see what happens. Only time will tell if it's going to work out or not. And hey, we're here 10 years later. That is so beautiful. And that's been my my biggest difficulty when it comes to dating. Just because like, you know, when you recently start talking to someone, I don't necessarily tell them the extent of my illness because I don't want to freak them out. Also, because I don't even know like the extent of my illness, but after like maybe I'll tell them on like the third day and like they'll say okay we could just be friends or they'll like friends on me or they'll just completely not want anything to do with me which is fine because like I said I am comfortable being by myself but I'm having a hard time balancing like when is the right time to tell them or not yeah I think it's hard I I mean to me it was easier because you know we were pretty dating and it was like I needed to get it out it was a big surprise yeah uh, but I think if I would have started dating after it would have been harder. I don't know if I'll be able to do it because, you know, it's hard to really explain because you're okay one day, then a couple of hours or maybe the next day you're not doing well. So how do you explain to a person that you're meeting that I'm okay right now, but we're going to go on a date, but that don't feel good. Yeah. 
it's so hard and then getting different things happening you know it's hard like it's really hard and I'm like thank god I met him before getting diagnosed because I don't know if I would have ever been with somebody Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's very hard I mean it's tough accepting an illness yourself but then having to convince another guy that um that you're okay to date still is it's harder that's where I'm dealing with right now I'm in that like Mm -hmm talking stage with a person and my family really likes him but he's accepting Mm -hmm. of it like I mean I've told him you know (laughs) bits and pieces of my illness and stuff but I don't know I don't know how much deep because I know that I recently went to the doctor because um, I was having like something in my lungs and so they thought it could have pulmonary fibrosis thank god Mm -hmm. it's not you know the CT scan came back good and everything he's just like it might just be the allergy, the season, I don't know. Or maybe he also said that with scleroderma that, you know, it affects like your lungs. Like it's it's hard, especially yeah. managing like to date someone, to mm-hmm. be on top of your diagnosis. And then on top of that, like still live your life, whether that's a working person mm-hmm. or just trying to make it like I am with it, my Instagram and podcast. Yeah, it's hard to balance because you have stuff plan and you don't know what can happen you know but I'm glad that everything is you know it wasn't um, pulmonary I know it's hard it's difficult um and hopefully with the new medication you will start feeling better and this weather well your weather it's worse than ours it's crazy it changes you know every day it's a different and it can also affect it a lot going back to you starting your support groups how did you get into that so I started, so after being diagnosed for about five years, I was like, I need to meet people that have scleroderma because I had no, I had, had never met somebody that had scleroderma before. So I started researching and I came um, with the Facebook page for the Southern California Scleroderma Foundation chapter. Um, and I sent a message and I was also in need of a doctor because my doctors are horrible. So I sent a message telling them my story and that I really wanted to meet someone. And Tina, she actually reached out to me that same day and we started talking and we had a wonderful conversation for like about two hours. And she invited me to a support group, which was Prison to Valley, which is about maybe an hour, no less than an hour away from my house. And I went to that meeting and I met wonderful people um, that... I was able to kind of relate because I finally saw people that had scleroderma, uh-huh. but they were much older than me. Okay. So, I mean, in a way it helped because I was like, okay, they've been living with scleroderma for about 30, 40 years. You know, there's a possibility that it can happen to me. So it really helped. So I started attending these support groups. And then after about a couple of months later, mm-hmm. um, they needed a support group leader. And Tina offered me to be a support group leader. I didn't want to do it because I had no experience. I'm really shy. I don't like talking in front of people. I don't like doing this. Like, I, I hate it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, no, you're going to do fine. I will be helping you whenever you need anything. Like, I know you're going to be able to do it. And in that time, I wanted to feel like I was doing something with my life other than just taking care of my health. Mm-hmm. Um so I said fine let's do this and I started doing the support group and you know little by little I started learning and I started taking classes that they started offering um and I was there and I'm still there and then last year in the pandemic 
um, they started a new support group, which was the young adult support group. Um, and I was just a member in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was just a member. Um, I loved it because I got to meet other people my age or younger than me. We all relate. And then after about a couple of months, one of the co-leaders wasn't able to continue to be a co-leader. Um, and I was already helping, but like in the back, like I was not yeah. in the front. I was just helping them because I knew how it felt to do something that you had no idea what to do. You know, so I was like, okay, let me help them. I got along with one of um, the co-leaders. Um, we clicked so much that I was like, let me help him do different things so our group can continue. And I did, I started helping him and telling him what ideas for the meetings. And when the other co-leader, she left, Tina didn't want me to be the co-leader because she thought it was too much for me since I already had one. And I said, no, I want to do it. I want to help a group that I believe in so much and that I love so much. So she's like, okay, you can do it. Uh, but if I see that it's too much work, then I'm like going to have to step me down. Mm -hmm. I was like, fine. It's been fine. I've been able to manage my two groups really good. Um, so I'm so excited that we finally have like young adults. Yeah, because I yeah. feel like that's so necessary because yes. I'm in one now, but yeah, they're older. And when I mean like older, like they have grandkids. Yes. Same with me. Most of the my members from my casanta, they all have grandkids. And yes, I can relate with some things, but I can't relate to the fact that they got diagnosed um, older, like yeah. in their 40s and their 50s, where they already had their family, for example. Um, then me being diagnosed at 18, trying to start my family or my life, yeah. I can't relate with that. But it does help me see, hey, they've been living with this disease for so long that, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, it's going to happen for me. Yeah, and that it'll be okay. So yeah. that's one of the benefits of joining like an older support group is that you're like, okay, well, if they can do it, I mean, so can I. I know everyone yeah. is different and everything, but like the outcome toward the end, mm -hmm. like it, yeah. you know, it's been helping me. I've just started also yeah. like, um, I want to say two months ago, they've only yeah. been doing it through Zoom, uh, yeah. one meeting every month. So I just started and I love it. I just love yeah. having someone to like talk to. Cause one thing mm -hmm. is like, I already talked to people through my Instagram, which has been super helpful. But another thing is having like an actual close group that you meet once a month, you know, yeah. that's just amazing. So, and I didn't know that I needed the support group, you know, just yeah. someone else that knows what you're going through. Yeah. Someone that understands you and like, for example, if they've been, if you have something new that you are feeling and you talk, you tell them, look, this is what I'm feeling. And they're like, oh, we've been through it. And yeah. This is, for example, they won't tell you what medications because we're not allowed, mm -hmm. but they'll be like, this is what I tried or, you know, ask your doctor oh, yeah. these questions. It really helps. Like you, you will be like, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been going for five years and even though I'm the leader, I learned so much from everyone. Yeah. I'm a firm believer there. You, you're always learning something new yeah. and it doesn't matter how long you've been going through it. I mean, like mm -hmm. I said, I've been listening to this for like maybe, well, we've only had two meetings. But um, yeah. they tell me like a new medication. So I recently just asked my doctor for the yeah. pulmonary fibrosis. And it's just amazing. Like the effects, like, you know, just to hear different opinions, you know, yes. it's just amazing to feel understood. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that in the future, 
you know, Georgia can have a young adult scleroderma group because I've been to um, the autoimmune disease, like for young adults mm-hmm. and stuff, but everyone just has different symptoms that not everyone can relate. So it's just hard. <laughs> do you want to join our group? Yeah. Join like, our group. like, do they have one? I mean, I, I know that okay. for a lot of states, it's like different. When we started the young adults, um, we were all in California. Um, one of the co-leaders, she's from, she's from Pakistan, but she lives in California, but she went back to Pakistan because of the pandemic. So she was actually leading from over there. And then um, people started noticing that we were, we were having these young adult groups. And I got a, a message from this young girl from Mexico mm-hmm. and they don't have support groups. And I was like, this is the best idea like let people from other places join um because they need it as well you know mm-hmm. so we do have a girl from Mexico we actually have two but one hasn't really joined I mean the time will be different for you because yeah. we meet late like we meet late like how- I mean <laughs> okay yours will be late you will be like our girl from Mexico like, hers is most at midnight I think because we meet at 7 30 at night Oh, okay. That'd be like 10 for me. Exactly. And it's an hour. Yeah. Hour and a half, depending on how, you know, we, how many people join and everything. But it's once a month. It's on a Monday. And I think you should join. Let me send you the invitation. We have a meeting coming up on Monday. And if you can join, that will be amazing. Oh, yes. I will love that. Like I said, yes. because other support groups, like they're great, wonderful, but I do need one around for my age group you know yes. everyone dealing with the same things I'm dealing with yes exactly you need that um hey I wasn't able to go out this weekend because I didn't feel good or yeah hey, I ran a date with this person but they didn't understand what I'm going through you need that like it's an amazing we all relate you know and I noticed I have two groups and I noticed that in my older group mm-hmm. um Usually we're talking about our diagnosis, what we're going through, you know, symptoms, medications, everything. In my young adult group, we talk about everything. Sometimes not even related to scleroderma. Yeah, I feel that sometimes we need to just, you know, talk to friends that they can relate to what you're going through, you know. Um, We have game nights. We have, you know, our upcoming meeting. It's about Thanksgiving what are we thankful for? You know, it can be nothing related to square derma, but what are we thankful for? Things like that. So we can kind of have a normal, like feel normal for at least an hour um, with friends that can relate to you. I want to have that, like when I'm in my older support group, like, yes, I know we all have square derma, but I also want to talk about life. You know, like yes. when I go out with my friends, like they don't ask me what my diagnosis are or what medications I'm on, you know? So I just feel like that'll be really good. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, I'm excited too. I'll send you the, the information once a month right now. We were actually meeting twice a month, uh-huh. but life got busy for most of us. Oh, they're in yeah. school, they're working. Um, and back then when we started, the pandemic was like, no, everybody was home. We're like, we yeah. have time to meet twice a month. Um, now it's like, you know what, let's just meet once a month. We'll make it longer. We used to meet for an hour and we thought it wasn't enough. We were like, it's not enough. We need more time. So we're like, okay, an hour and a half, once a month should be fine. Um, like I said, we have different events. We have last year, we had a um, secret Santa. 
you know, we all send each other a gift, you know, we're like, okay, this is our limit. Um, We did like a spreadsheet address, like all the information, everyone has everyone's information and whoever we, um, we did a list like an Amazon Uh of things that we wanted and then they will send you to, you know, whoever your secret sign on. It is, we do, we celebrate like every holiday, it's crazy, (laughs) but we celebrate everything. Um, We finally met in person at a barbecue, Uh which is amazing because we had not met in person. It was all through Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was fun getting to see people that you've been talking for a year in person. I can imagine that was like surreal. It was. And we thought it wasn't like, okay, what if it's weird, uncomfortable? You know, we only seen each other through Zoom and no, we had so much fun. We all enjoyed it. We can't wait to meet again. Um, hopefully with, you know, things changing, we can start meeting in person next year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never know with the yeah. pandemic. We're going through things change every single day. We're hoping to meet. If we can't, we still have our Zoom meeting. And sometimes what's scleroderma, I mean, you never know. Like if you feel yeah. well, you know, and you can't go out. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, if you don't feel well, you can't go out. Like, you know, you could always yeah. have through Zoom. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Amazing part. Yeah, it is. So since we both have scleroderma and we were diagnosed at a very young age, what were your symptoms at first? My first symptoms was my right hand. Mm-hmm. I started noticing that my right hand was always swollen. There's times where it would turn purple. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea why. I ended up going to my emergency room about three times in a year because I couldn't take the pain. I couldn't move my hands. And all they would do is put me on a cast and said, hey, you probably got injured because I used to play sports back then. Um, and I was like, no, I know I didn't get injured. Um, so three times in a cast, my primary doctor was like, there's something wrong with me. It's not possible that your hand is always hurting that it, it was always purple. I wasn't able to move it. I had no, I couldn't feel anything. Um, so I got tested. I got tested for lupus, scleroderma, and then cancer because I have cancer um, history in my family. Mm-hmm. And I got diagnosed with scleroderma. After being diagnosed with scleroderma, my primary doctor started adding up different symptoms that I had, you know, in the past. And they're all related to scleroderma. But, you know, back then it was just like, oh, your face gets really dry. It's because you're under the sun a lot. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, your legs are hurting. It's because you're having growing pains. You know, they don't make sense. But my mouth is too small. Oh, it's just, it's normal. Your mouth is too small. Um, why is my eyes or my mouth always really dry? It's just, you know, use eye drops, drink more water, you know? So it was always, they always had a reason why I was going through something yeah. um, until my hand was like, this is the last thing. Um, so I got tested and yeah, I had scleroderma. And then from there I started, they sent me, he sent me to a rheumatologist mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started the whole medication, the physical therapy, the everything that came with having scleroderma. And then I felt that my symptoms were rapidly coming to me mm-hmm. um, after being diagnosed. I don't know if it, it just happened, or we, you know, or I started noticing them. 
But I felt that after getting diagnosed, I felt like everything just started attacking. And I was on medication. And yeah, I'm here I am 10 years later. See, and that was good that you were diagnosed your late teens, because I was diagnosed formally at 12. Because when I was eight, I mean, I hated that doctors used to say, like, I would say, like, I have, I'm very tired. Little did I know that my fatigue was different than my mom's. So doctors would just say, oh, maybe she stayed up all night or she had homework. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like they didn't validate what I had to say, which wasn't why I wasn't formally diagnosed until 12 when I was older. So I was on the wrong medication for four years. Yeah, I think they don't take you serious because they, like I said, doctors will always find an excuse, especially when they don't know what scare their mind is. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough that my primary doctor back then knew what scleroderma was. Um, that's why he decided to test me. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, being tired, you know, it got to a point where um, I was going to college and I couldn't walk. And I was like, why can I walk if I'm coming, you know, like I said, I used to play soccer, go to the gym and it's like, now I can't even walk up a hill. It's not normal. But you, they're like, oh, you're just, you're just tired, or yeah. I couldn't write, and they're like, you're just, it's college, you write a lot, that's why your hand hurts. There's always an excuse for, you know, a symptom, but you know, have a good doctor to know really yeah. what's going on or know what scleroderma is. Told me when I was younger, like it's okay to feel tired because you know when you have an, a doctor telling you you shouldn't feel this way, then you're like, okay, I shouldn't feel this way, and that's it. But like, it's much more than that. Like, you know, fatigue, the acid reflex, you know, it's not normal for a 12 year old girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need someone who understands you. Yeah. You need someone to tell you that it's okay. It's okay. And really explain to you what scleroderma is because like I said, scleroderma is not famous. You oh, know? Yes, People don't so- know what scleroderma is. And, and I can say to my kids, I didn't know what scleroderma was until I got diagnosed with scleroderma. And you still don't understand because new things happen to you and you don't have um, that commercial on TV saying, hey, this is a new medication for scleroderma. This is what you can do. You don't have that. You have, you have to trust your doctors. And sometimes doctors are not the best with explaining to you or confirming to you that it's going to be okay, that it's okay what you're going through. Yeah. Like, I'm very lucky. I finally found a doctor after I was 18, where I guess I was old enough to choose what doctor I wanted to go to. But, you know, I've been blessed. And also opening through Instagram, I've been able to connect Mm -hmm. with uh, the Scleroderma Research Foundation, which is good. They bring so much awareness to scleroderma. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like still there's not enough educated people to explain to someone who is newly diagnosed. But yeah, like I will say, Instagram has really opened my eyes to like, because it's easier to connect with people from all over the world with the same condition. That's how I met you. Yes, that's how we met. Yeah, I think Instagram, social media, YouTube, Mm -hmm. everything. Uh, But I think it also comes for people that want to help like you, you know, you want to spread awareness. I wanted to start spreading awareness, you know, um, so it it starts from that people trying to like hey there's not enough awareness about scleroderma we have to do something about it you know we have to um start spreading awareness start explaining what scleroderma is so people can start relating you know what scleroderma is we're not 
the same. We don't all look the same. Even if we have scleroderma, people still don't understand that. That me and you both have scleroderma, but we don't look the same. We don't have the same symptoms. We haven't been through the same thing. And just because we don't look the same doesn't mean we don't have it, you know? Yeah. No, and I know that's been another difficult uh, part in my case, too, because I was trying to get a handicap sticker and I was I was denied one for four years um, after 18. So it wasn't until I had my stroke that they were like, okay, she's officially disabled. But it was like a balance of like, I, I am disabled because I get tired. Sometimes I can even go up the stairs. Yes, I look fine. This was like I said before the stroke. So my hands were normal. You know, I wasn't losing so many fingers and it's, it's just a constant battle or it was at least like trying to prove to people that you do need other accommodations you know and just because we don't look a certain way like we're not in a wheelchair oh it was it was so hard yeah it is you know I still get that I get from a lot of people and before I used to get really upset that people didn't believe that I have scleroderma and it got to a point where I was like you know what I don't care I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you think if I'm lying or not. I know what I have. Um, and it has, it, it is difficult, you know, getting your handicap or getting um, your disability because you're young. So you shouldn't be disabled yeah. or going to a specific doctor and they, they don't want to help you because you're young. You shouldn't feel that way. You know, we've been through, I've been through, um, I went once to physical therapy and all the, all he did was like, oh, walk. I mean, I, course I can still walk yeah. oh so you don't have anything just because I walk like five seconds <laughs> yeah don't mean that I don't have pain while doing it you know but I can still walk it's so, all you know doctors not knowing and even going to emergency room oh, sucks yeah. sometimes because there's certain things they can do to you you know and they don't understand that hey maybe you can you can't you know open me or do certain medications on me because it can affect Mm-hmm. so now you instead of your doctors helping you now you become the doctor and have to explain to them what scleroderma is what you can take what medication you're taking explain to them um why are you taking this medication because of scleroderma what's scleroderma? you know i'm in pain here for me to be explaining to you you know what scleroderma is um but i think by time things will get better and we will yeah. you know with everything you're doing with everything you know a lot of people are doing to spread awareness I think it's good derma will become normal oh yeah and that's the whole reason why I actually started spreading awareness mm-hmm. was because I felt so misunderstood when I was young especially coming from a Mexican household you know like you're supposed to grow up to be like the perfect wife you know you're the perfect everything so it was kind of like my parents never uh, wanted me to hide obviously who I was and they never forced me to do anything but I saw that other people in my community were like oh don't tell them you're sick yet because they won't want to marry you and I'm just like oh my god that's so harmful for your mental health like for you to have to put on a mask until you get married like it shouldn't be that way so Mm -hmm. because I didn't see any young people spreading awareness for scleroderma I wanted to be that change you know Mm -hmm. and I and yeah like obviously I didn't start sharing until I was 21 for the same reason Mm -hmm. I was scared and I didn't see anyone else spreading awareness was because I'm like okay well I'm still learning you know I'll be 25 in two weeks and I mean you know with scleroderma I mean things can change from today until tomorrow 
so who knows how it'll be in like five years but until now like I know I want to be the change yeah I think it's amazing what you're doing I like I said I love everything that you do I get excited when I see you know your TikToks I started like I'm not a TikTok person I like seeing them but I'm I like doing them but I was like you know what let me start doing that let me like um what is it you tag I don't know but I did one with yours and I was like it's exciting because you know we are we are both on a treatment you know let's do it um yeah and then you know I started like you know I I was like you like I need to start spreading awareness and do something um one was to help myself Mm -hmm. you know and two was like if somebody's going through what I've been through maybe this can help you know and doing videos were like I mean maybe let's see if it helps but when you get those messages from somebody saying hey I saw your video and it really helped me or I can understand and I can relate to what you're going through I was like okay I'm doing the right thing she was really well known in scleroderma but she's in Mm -hmm. Africa so Mm -hmm. I was like okay like I need to spread some awareness for the Mexican community (laughs) yeah I need some I need something I want to be the change for other girls not confident enough no, I know, you know, I did a video with like the girl from Mexico and she felt more comfortable doing it in Spanish. And I said, you know what? I can just, you know, do subtitles. And then I started thinking, I said, no, because somebody that doesn't speak English, hearing her story can really help. So I left it in a Spanish video and I, you know, and I loved it because it's my only Spanish video. Mm-hmm. And I think it was amazing because it can help a lot of people that can't see my other videos because they're in English talking about that I know for season two I just want to do just Spanish so I would love to have you as a guest to talk about scleroderma to talk about it in Spanish because I know okay. a lot of people that follow me um there are a lot of Spanish-speaking people so it's gonna be fun yeah. so that I'm getting like a yes. list of people to do it for season two so Oh, okay. Yeah, I would love to do it. I mean, my Spanish ain't perfect, but I try to make it perfect. Um, especially now because um I got a I got a lot of calls from people because you know I'm on the on the chapter's website. Uh-huh. And a lot of people because they see my last name, which is funny because I have my husband's last name, they will call me because they're like, You talk Spanish, and I'm like, Yes, I do. Um, like, oh, we, we figure you speak Spanish because of your last name. And I said, well, thank you. And I'm thinking, that's my husband's last name. What if I wouldn't talk Spanish? And just because I have his last name, they yeah. assume that I do. But yeah, it's hard. You know, I, I have parents. Well, we know parents that want to attend meetings, but they don't because they don't talk English. And my mom goes to all my meetings. She goes, she's my number one fan. And I love it because there's parents that will go and they're like, oh, oh, even just in general being diagnosed and they don't talk English, but they want to attend. And my mom says they're like trying to help. And we're like, you know what? We want to start a Spanish um, support group. But again, it takes time, you know, um, figuring out the leaders, the um, if there's enough people to even start a group or yeah. where to start it because there's, you know, from everywhere. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of plans with that. So. Girl, well, you already know. If you need help, I got you. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Yeah. I told you I'm here. Um, I, like I said, I see all your stuff. I, I love everything you do. I enjoy everything you. you do. And like seeing your stories, your sister, I was like, oh, like I see your, what you say about your sister and it's amazing. 
Yeah, like she yeah. has been my biggest uh, supporter. So Claire Derma definitely has, it took a while for me to be okay with being myself because I was, um, I would always get looks and stared at or people would always be like, you're faking it. Like, um, I remember in high school, like if I couldn't go out to a certain football game, they'd be like, oh, but you went out last night. So why can't you today? Oh my gosh, that was the biggest challenge because they would be like oh you're just taking advantage of your sickness and act like you're tired I'm like no and also the big problem with me is that I I for some reason can never stop smiling I just choose to always smile so people don't believe that like I'm in pain because I'm always smiling yes I I understand that you know up until this day everyone tells me you don't look sick and it's like what do you mean I don't look sick like I I want to understand how does a sick person look Like, do I have to be in the bed dying for you to believe that I'm sick? Because uh, everything I go through doesn't say that I'm not sick, you know? Um, So it is hard, you know, even um, parking in a handicapped place and people looking at you like, you know, people think that handicaps are for older people and they're not. Handicaps are disabled. And just parking there or when you go pick up your medication, you come out with like, five ten medications and they're like who are they for um for me and they think oh you know they should supposed to do drugs or something you know um you get that it's it's so hard and yeah like you said going out you know I went out um yesterday but today I'm tired like all my energy (laughs) went on going out that one day yeah you know and people don't seem to get it and it's hard. It's, it's really hard to explain to someone that, you know, I, all my energy went on being okay that day, but today I need a day off. Like I yeah. need to recover and get the energy that I need back to continue fighting for a disease mm-hmm. and yeah, being happy. I get that all the time. You know, I, I try to be as positive as I can, you know, show people that regardless of what I'm going through, I'm fine. You know, like, I'm okay. I can be in the worst pain, but hey, you'll see me here doing yeah. what I have to do. You know, I've done it before in meetings um, where, you know, I had really bad, sick all day, but I'm in a meeting because it's my responsibility. And, you know, I like to do what I have to do. I don't want it to stop me. I know there's certain times where it's just going to be like, I can't, I can't, you know, I have to stop. Um, but if I can continue to push myself and sometimes I over push myself um and with my surgery I learned to stop you know that there's things that hey maybe you should stop and ask for help yeah um but it's so difficult when especially when you're young because you're like I can still do it I can you know I can do it let me try but there's days I'm just like yes I can't do it anymore I need someone's (laughs) help yeah. Um, yeah, but I had to learn it. and I learned it, you know, what, three weeks ago when I had surgery that I needed, you know, the help that I was offered mm-hmm. from my mom and my husband, but I thought I was going to be superwoman and be able to do everything yes. with one hand. Yeah, no. it didn't happen. <laughs> I can no. totally relate to that. I mean, especially, yeah, because like, I'm always smiling. I'm like, look, if I'm sad and depressed, it's not going to help anyone. And it's going to make me feel worse. The trying to do it all yourself. Oh my gosh, it took me forever to understand. I'm like, yes, now I'm officially like disabled. Well, I wasn't considered disabled until 21. 
but I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I I officially can't do all this by myself. Like I need someone else. And I came to the point where I've accepted that like if I need something, I will like if I'm going to Walmart with my sister, she'll get mm-hmm. so mad at me if I ask the lady to go get something in like a, I think it's like 10 aisles down mm-hmm. because I cannot physically walk and I think she thinks sometimes I'm being dramatic or lazy but I'm like girl yes. I can't continue walking just 10 yes. miles down and I got I got so comfortable with asking people like I don't care anymore than knowing mm-hmm. that I need sometimes to ask for help in order for me to be okay yeah I think I need to get to that place where I need to keep asking for help because I don't like it you know I don't like it when I had this surgery, I went in with the mindset of like, it's not going to stop me. I've been, you know, with pain for 10 years, for 11 years. Um, it's not going to stop me. It's just a surgery, you know? <laughs> nope. That first day coming home from um, the hospital, I was, I had a breakdown and I was like, what's going on? Like I said, I was going to do it. Um, but I needed that help. I needed to, you know, say, you know what, let me suck up yeah, suck it up. Spoiled. yes and like, I was like I'm here my husband was like we're here like that's why we're here to spoil you to help you out to do everything you don't have to do nothing I have to just take the medication you need and that's it but me I was like no I want to get up I want to get ready I have to do this let me shower by myself no I can't shower for myself like I needed someone to be there to shower me and you know what it felt good like you know, it felt good being taken care of. What was this surgery for? So I had a carpal tunnel surgery. Uh-huh. So like I said, um, my right hand has always been my problem. Always. So let's say 11 years because it was a year before being diagnosed that I had it, the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I always been on different treatments for my hands, me- uh, medication, injections, um, physical therapy, everything. Um, and it got to the point where nothing was working nothing you know there was times that I couldn't even hold a water bottle because it would fall I couldn't hold a fork because it would fall like that I finally found about five years ago four years ago a good doctor that offered me different treatments before offering me surgery um and when we saw that nothing was working that it will work maybe for example I got an injection it will work for two months and it will be back to the same um he was like you know what you need surgery are you willing to do it and I was like sure like if it's going to help I've been like this for 11 years I need something he recommended me to a doctor well actually my insurance recommended me to a doctor um and I went really with the mindset of I don't know if I'm gonna get it with this doctor because I need to make sure he knows what scleroderma is oh yeah like I need to make sure he knows (laughs) that you know yeah (laughs) there's a possibility that I can heal then you know and I did, I went in with um, really doubting the doctor, but that doctor really surprised me. He knew what scleroderma was. I was like um, testing him throughout my appointment <laughs> because I was like, he was telling me, oh, do you, need, do you know what scleroderma what is? And I'm like, yeah, do you? And he started explaining it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm in the right place. Like he knows what he's doing. So, you know, we were like, okay, you know, let me get all your tests. You have to do tests and make sure that you qualify for the surgery. And I did, I qualified. I did my test. Everything came out good. And I had carpal tunnel surgery. Um, And now I'm just waiting for recovery because I want to do my left hand. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because my left hand is not working with me right now, especially after getting my right because I started to use my left hand more. So I yeah. feel like it just it went really bad. So I am in the process of recovery. I start um it's not physical therapy, it's another kind of therapy on Monday mm-hmm. to get the strength in my hand again because I have no strength. It's still kind of hurt. The good thing is that I'm healing and we know it's a derma it's like mm-hmm. are you gonna heal because yeah. um you don't always heal even a cut takes forever for you to oh heal oh my gosh yes it's and horrible then, right yes it is and then another thing is well I know this because I had um I had a surgery on my left hand it was a digital mm-hmm. sympathectomy it was to avoid losing a lot of my yeah. fingers but during that time of healing he's like oh yeah it's like two to three weeks I'm like sir I have scleroderma so I my healing took about like two months and it was and they were scared that it was gonna get infected versus when you or like someone Mm -hmm. who's not sick you know the recovery process is easy it heals everything but for me I I remember having to go to the doctor once a week just to make sure that, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big cut that I wasn't going to get infected or anything, you know, with scleroderma, it's just a whole different precaution. <laughs> yes. When I, when they took off my cast, the doctor looks at it and I'm like, I'm there praying that it's healing and that no infections, you know, cause yeah. that was something that, you know, you get scared of. Um, so he takes off my cast and he looks at it and I'm like, he goes, Oh, okay. And I go, good. Okay. Bad. Okay. Like, what is it? Yeah. He goes, for you, it's okay. And I'm thinking, <laughs> for me, like, what do you mean? Like, are you saying to put a cast? So the casting is horrible, you know? Yeah. It's hot, it itches, it's like, it's heavy. It's He's like, no, it's it's okay. It doesn't look infected. It's not like a regular person will heal. You know, it's been two weeks. But for you, it's good. You know, no infections, no fevers. You know, you're, you're getting there. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me, he's like, let me just wrap it. Cause I think it's preferred that you have it wrapped, covered, you know, cause it's, it's still healing Yeah. Um, until you go to your, your therapy and they will help you with that. And I said, okay. And then a couple of days later, I had an appointment with my rheumatologist and I'm showing them like, Hey, do I still have it wrapped? Like how, how do you, how does it look for you? Like yeah. I need your opinion. Cause he said it was okay, but He's like, no, it looks good for, you know, scleroderma patient that is trying to heal that, you know, they probably told you about two weeks, it will be like closed and you'll be able to, you know, have your hand free. But for you, it's fine. You know, it's okay. It's getting there as long as no infections. And I'm like, okay, like, how do I avoid that? Like, I'm here trying to like wrap it, clean it as like, you know, careful, not be, not use it. I'm trying to, you know, get a little bit of my, of my of movement in my hand, but at the same time, I don't want to like move it. And then what if it's like, you know, you, I do something wrong? Oh yeah. Yes. I'm sending I'm you like, all the good vibes. Thank you. Yeah. I start on Monday. I have to go on Monday. So I'm like, and then I see my doctor in eight, well now it's maybe six weeks mm-hmm. and to see how my healing is going so I can do my left hand. And I go, Oh please God. like I'm like here like I need to do everything they tell me to do because I yeah. like I said my left hand is just it's horrible no sleep at night because of the pain my my nights are, are bad but um you know it's, it's getting there like she said for a patient like me for a person like me <laughs> yeah. it's getting there 
Oh, that's so good. Alejandra, I always love talking to you. I love connecting with you. We have so many things in common and I feel like you understand me. I mean, especially for someone who has scleroderma, for someone in their young 20s, like you just get me and I love connecting with you. Thank you. I love connecting with you too. I love talking to you. Yes, we have a lot in common. I love cheering for you, for you to finally start dating and find the right <laughs> person for you. I'll, you know, I'll be there at your wedding on the day you get married. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't wait. I know. Um, I love, like I said, I love everything you're doing to spread awareness about Derma. You're doing an amazing job. Um, I'm always here, you know, to help you. If you need advice just for a friend, I'm here. Um, and thank you so much. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And yeah. please let everyone know where they can find you, especially for your icy hand challenge on TikTok. So my TikTok is Alejandra Warrior, I believe. I have no idea. <laughs> but I do have a YouTube channel and it's called Alejandra Warrior. That one's for sure. I know the name. Um, yeah, I do just videos of my life with scleroderma because I think people need to see what I've been through with scleroderma and how I live my life while having scleroderma being um, young. Oh yeah, definitely. And I'll be sure to leave all your links down below. So please give her a follow and let her know your self-love sister Kimmy sent you. <laughs> well, it was wonderful connecting with you and I appreciate you joining me on this podcast. Thank you, Kim.